1: Here's the scenario. You're injured in a collision and your insurance company is denying your claim. It happens far too often. If it happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. My team and I work for people just like you. We don't accept cases on behalf of insurance companies, so you and your family can make sure that you're in good hands. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you.
0: Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast, I'm your host Samson Folk, and in the best of moods once again, same as after Game 4, except a little bit more stress-free, let's say, I am detailing and unpacking the Raptors Game 5 clobbering of the Philadelphia 76ers, 125-89, to 89, a 36-point differential, far and away the Raptors' best effort of the year so far well not of the year let's say but of this series the Ra- well if this was the most important game of the year then sure the best effort of the year so far let's go with that they finally outlasted the 76ers on the well in the rebounding battle huge development for the game obviously the rebounds have been a spot where the raptors have been absolutely dominated by the 76ers the 76ers everybody knows them they're quite a big team having Ben Simmons, you know, JJ Redick's the only small guy on the four for their starting lineup starting lineup, but it's Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler. They're they're big at almost every position and JJ Redick isn't small for a two guard really. Next to like a you know, like a DeMar DeRozan, he's small, but next to Danny Green, he's not so small. I understand Danny can post him up, but he's he's not so small. So getting the rebounding battle on this one was of the utmost importance, and you could see that it bear it bears out as a very important facet of the Raptors game if they're going to dominate the 76ers like this. The Raptors were 11 of 30 from the three-point line. At one point, I think, I'm not sure, well, I'll look up the exact numbers. They finished 16 of 40. So they, the 11 of 30 isn't so crazy. The Raptors weren't just sustained in this one by hot shooting. They, they ended up shooting a decent percentage, and... Having Marcus Gasol hit a couple triples. Danny Green stepping up from downtown is pretty much the most important thing, as well as Pascal Siakam. Having your tertiary options actually make shots, whereas Danny Green in this series was shooting like 25% from three. Having him come alive and go five for seven, super important. But at the start of the game, the energy was palpable. It was something that the Raptors were looking for. Kyle Lowry brought it. He hit the three to open up the game. He was everywhere on defense, as he always is. And the Raptors' defense was especially good tonight, as it has been for most of the playoffs. But tonight it was a little bit extra good. The rotations remain very crisp. On top of the rotations, the Raptors, the way they played their defense above the break was something you want to see and something that is also echoed by a lot of very dominant defensive teams, especially when they have the personnel Just switching, pin downs, DHOs, pick and rolls. Whenever a screen is coming above the break, you're just not going to let them get going fast downhill. You're just going to deny them the momentum, so you're just going to pop out. If the option is there to hedge and get back, sure, you can scram it. That's fine. The Raptors were able to do that on some occasions, but on others, they just switched, and they do have the personnel to do that, and it was very effective in slowing down the 76ers' offense. They pretty much were left to just work out of Jimmy Butler pick and rolls when Jimmy Butler was putting his player in jail, just getting a little bit of an edge, seeing how he could work from the middle, and then Ben Simmons causing a little bit of havoc. Outside of that, the 76ers were not able to create any type of consistent offense. The Raptors locked them down, and I think it was largely due to the fact that they played that style of defense, popping out on shooters when they're trying to get the screen, hedging and then just switching across the board when they could the 76ers didn't have a response in this game and the Raptors as far as offense this was more like you know Kawhi ended up 7 of 16 in this game and oh for 4 from 3 after seeing him be pretty much prime Michael Jordan over the first four games he was Infallible. He did nothing wrong. He shot an absurd amount from the floor. I think his true shooting percentage after game four was 80% something ridiculous like that. So in this one, 7 of 16 from the floor and 0 for 4, he's still awesome. I'm I'm not getting – I'm not ragging on the guy or anything. But it wasn't like his game to steal the show. That's not what this was. This was more of like Kyle Lowry pick and roll and especially that pick and roll – Nashing the pick-and-roll, you know mixing up the defense getting them to rotate and to move Seeing where the cracks open up is a lot more effective when guys like Siakam and Danny Green hit their threes in this one They did and that just made the Raptors offense look Way more potent and on top of that Kyle Lowry's attacking basketball the brand of Kyle Lowry where he goes downhill puts his shoulder into the defender and finishes Draw, or draws the contact. Like he's getting points out of it, you know, somewhere down the line. He's gonna get he's gonna get the basket or he's gonna go to the line. One of those things. He was exceptionally good at that. He was doing that in this game. And that version of Kyle Lowry, he finished with nineteen six and five. Is man, it's such a treat to watch. And his defense in this one, awesome. None of the players played over thirty six minutes. I thought Nurse did a fantastic job in maintaining I guess I would describe it as, well, just minute management because Pascal, who they claimed had a a minutes um, cap, they, they weren't going to go over. There was a limit on his minutes, let's say, since I can't seem to say the proper words. There's a limit on his minutes. He played 19 first half minutes, which is, you know, that's a pretty heavy workload. Obviously, Nurse, to his credit, was feeling out the game, letting the guys who were doing really, really well run with it. And Pascal ended up playing 34 minutes. He finished with 25 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. And most importantly, he got to attack Harris all game long. He was he was able to get into the post quite a bit. He hit his jumpers. He had one pull-up mid-range jumper that was really encouraging to see because most elite scorers have that in their package. You can look at how Jimmy Butler and Kawhi Leonard have worked out of the mid-range in this series to great success for both of them. And it's pretty clear that if Siakam wants to be next, next level, he'll have to have that not as a, a major facet of his game, but just as something to resort to. So seeing him pull up from the mid range when the game was within like 10 points, when the pressure's on a little bit, that's important. And a huge step in his development. The 76ers, they didn't have much of a response early on because the Raptors really put them to the screws. Is Kyle Lowry, Kawhi Leonard, Pascal, even Mark a little bit putting the ball on the floor and really trying to get into the paint, probing, and just testing out the 76ers' defense, which has been pretty good over the series. But in this one, the Raptors hit a couple threes early. The 76ers weren't able to play that kind of stay-at-home defense that they've been known for in this series anyway. And the Raptors, there was more room to attack, more room to probe. And in that space on defense, the 76ers commit a lot more fouls and that led to the raptors, you know, getting more minutes against worse defenders for the 76ers. I know Harris had to spend more time guarding Kawhi than he was comfortable with, and there was a lot of breakdowns that came off of that. Even though Kawhi didn't have, you know, a prolific scoring game in this one, he was I I was very satisfied with his passing. I think he, what how many turnovers did he finished with? Oh right, zero turnovers. His his passing was great in this one and the breakdowns he created against the 76ers defense often ended up with a wide-open shot for one of his teammates. Marcus um, hitting three out of five triples. Very encouraging. One, it even seemed like he was waving at Joel Embiid to come out and contest. Upon further review, it looked like he was um, signaling for somebody to come up and post up. I think it was Serge Ibaka at the time. Uh, Serge Ibaka, we should talk about him. Had a great start to the game, and then... Got elbowed in the head by Kawhi Leonard, some friendly fire. That you know, it was pretty gruesome. He cut his head open with a blunt hit of his elbow, and he was leaking blood. You you could see it. It was pretty gross. He went. He got stitches. He came back like a man possessed. The last, like the finish to Game Four for Serge Ibaka was all kinds of positive. After. Similar to the Magic series where there's a bigger guy on the other end. Serge has to match up with him at certain times. Serge struggles in those minutes. He came on strong towards the end of the Magic series, and Serge has come on strong again. His interior defense left nothing to be desired. He was, he was very solid defending the rim for the Raptors in this one. He's also good on offense. He spaced the floor. He had a couple dunks, like, just having an aggressive Serge Ibaka Not like a laid back Serge Ibaka Means so much for the Raptors And especially for Serge Ibaka To well, Let's go back to Nurse played the, the jumbo lineup Where that features Siakam at the 3 Ibaka at the 4 And Gasol at the 5 What that meant was And especially with Siakam hitting his 3's in this one What that meant was that Kyle Lowry could run the pick and roll With Ibaka Gasol and Siakam could space out and Ibaka could either, you know, jut out for his quick little mid-range jumper, which he did hit one, or he could run, like he could rim run. And Kyle Lowry is so good at widening the pick and roll to expose the passing lane to the rolling big that Siakam, or sorry, not Siakam, Serge Ibaka found himself with tons of room ahead of him and a full head of steam a couple times. And you know, that's that's a payday for a big man. Like you get a head of steam and you run at the rim. That's that's a bucket. You're going to get points that way. And just that's pretty much how the Raptors offense played. The The second half went it went extremely well, I would say. The first half ended 27-26. Then the Raptors kind of poured it on in the second quarter. They're really finding their way. That ended 64-43. The 76ers had a decently, uh, well, it's kind of like a laissez-faire outing. To start the second half because the Raptors They started 2 of 8 I think The 76ers started 3 of 6 And the Raptors When they were on offense The ball was spending a lot of time out on the perimeter To start the third quarter No probing, no attacking So the 76ers were having an easy time Defensively, they are just kind of Walking around the perimeter, keeping up And the Raptors were taking really long contested shots The 76ers for their part Hit a couple threes got to the basket a couple times, made it look like they might, you know, they might have to entertain the idea of a game. That kind of ended whence... whence. <laughs> Hence, I will announce that Danny Green, the old Danny Green, the one we know so well, entered the game. It, the the full version of, of himself arrived, and he started banging in triples. And anytime Danny Green really flips a game, I always remember it because... It seems like his threes come in droves, man, and they did in this one. The third quarter was his own; he really dominated it. Kawhi Leonard, very cerebral, always seems to know where Danny Green is, which is fantastic and a wonderful thing, especially when Danny Green is going to shoot five of seven from downtown. I think we've all been waiting for this moment, for the floodgates to open for the Raptors and for the you know to regress to the mean. The Raptors were one of the best shooting teams in the league. They have not been during this playoff series against the 76ers, and the 76ers were able to play a very aggressive brand of defense. That you know, it kind of rested on the fact that the Raptors weren't hitting open jump shots, that emboldened the 76ers to play very aggressive and to leave certain people open. And when that, when those players miss, i.e., Siakam, Gasol, Lowry. They can really, they can really focus in on other shot creators. They can make their lives really tough. That's why the games were so slowed down. That's why Kawhi has ran more pick and roll than any other player in the playoffs so far. Because, you know, the open shots weren't coming. It was getting to the point where the Raptors' only offense was to get Kawhi to shed his man or just give him a step on his guy and just ask him to go get you a bucket. Thankfully, in this one, the Raptors were able to pay him back in kind. Kawhi had, for his playoffs, technically what would be an off game, I guess. He was still fantastic. He just didn't score over 35 for the first time in what feels like forever, let's say. And then so the Raptors, you know, they made his life easier tonight, which I'm sure he appreciates. He just dropped some new shoes. He wants to go to the NBA Finals, I'm sure. And there exists four players, I think, in the world right now, and I don't think Steph Curry will ever have it, really. But between Kawhi Leonard, KD, Kevin Rant, that is, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and James Harden, whoever wins between Golden State, Toronto, the Bucks, and the Rockets, that the guy who takes his team is probably going to take the mantle for NBA's best player going into the next three, four years. I talked about this on the, on the podcast with Sean Woodley. And I, I think it's true. Kawhi has an opportunity to reign supreme over the league, to, to grab that that title, even if it's just for a little bit. It's not going to be for, like, 12 years like LeBron had it, but who's had it that long bes- besides LeBron and Michael Jordan? So Kawhi has this huge opportunity ahead of him, and the Raptors, you know, giving him a game where he can kind of s- sit back and, and not have all of this scoring pressure on him gets to rest a little bit more he doesn't have to put up like 30 shots and score 40 points he can just kind of take it easy the Raptors can win by 36 be up by 40 at one point and yeah things are good the villain who is the most villainous from (laughs) the Philadelphia 76ers I would want to say Joel Embiid but the the Raptors fans my goodness the Raptors fans they they dunked on Joel Embiid hard enough already. Joel Embiid, as we know, he did the airplane after he windmilled on the Raptors in Game 3. As he was exiting the game in this one, the Raptors fans, they they all did the airplane, you know, pantomiming as the airplane. Uh, a villain. Who's a villain? It can't be Greg Monroe. I had a joke loaded up, but Greg's a good guy. J.J. Redick. Just because he's so... We all know how J.J. Redick is. He's We don't like him. Okay, it's he's kind of he's whiny, and I find Joel Embiid deeply likable, and I don't like Ben Simmons or J.J. Redick really. I also really like Jimmy Butler, so I think it's either Ben Simmons or J.J. Redick. Hell, they can they can share the award. You're both you're both villains, honestly. And Tobias Harris is minus thirty, what thirty four? Is too good a pal to the Raptors. So yeah, J.J. Redick and Ben Simmons can split this one. And the Reggie Evans Award, which for the first time will not be awarded to Kawhi Leonard in the series. Kawhi Leonard has been putting in work, an unbelievable amount of work, I might add. The Reggie Evans Award will actually go to Kyle Lowry. He started out the game with so much effort, so much energy, and really pushed the envelope for the Raptors. And really, he set the tone and changed the outlook of the game. He brought a lot of energy and really changed how things work for the Raptors in this one, which, my God, it has been so important for Kyle Lowry. As we've seen in these series, he's great, and he creates so many advantages for the Raptors in so many ways, but sometimes the team does just need him to score, and when he comes out in a game like this, and he plays that aggressive, and he's so clever in getting a shot, it really changes the outlook of the game for the Raptors, and their offense benefits from it. To a to a very high degree. Okay, quick reaction comment, which I will respond to, is from Attack or Die. Embiid is clearly sick. Dot dot dot. He's got the Spanish flu. Ah uh, yes, very witty, my friend. Attack or Die. He he does have the Spanish flu coming in from Marcus And my my goodness, Marcus defense has been incredibly good on Embiid. But I do think Embiid is definitely not feeling very good. There is something that is ailing that guy because there's a version of this series where the Raptors play their best and the 76ers play their best. The Raptors still come out on top, in my opinion, but Joel Embiid is feeling some type of way. He, I, he's he got maladies going on. He's a great player, and I, I really like Joel Embiid. I think he's such a good player in the NBA, but... There's definitely something going on with his health. There are claims that he needs to take better care of his body. The people who claim it, I don't think know him well enough to make that claim. And I certainly don't know him well enough to to claim about or to talk about how he takes care of his body and especially to shed a negative light on it. I know he's going through a tough time with his health right now, and that's unfortunate for him because you want the league to have the best guys healthy. It It would suck. It it did suck in Game Three, when of the Orlando Magic series, when Kawhi had his flu. It it was a little bit disheartening to see Kawhi come out and not not play his best because he was sick. Of course, that wasn't announced till after the game, and the Raptors had won, and Pascal Siakam had put the team on his back. But you know, it's it's worth saying Joel Embiid is fantastic, and but Marcus Gasol has done a hell of a job on him. I agree with you there. That feels like. As good a spot to end it as any. The Raptors absolutely smashed the 76ers in this one. I predicted originally in this series that the Raptors win in six. They're going to close out in Philly. I feel pretty good about that prediction. I wouldn't be super surprised if this thing goes seven. But the Raptors are up 3-2 going into Philly. And you guys, you'll be back here after that game. Hopefully listening to this, listening to my take. And hopefully we can celebrate that one. The same way we celebrate this one decompress feel good talk about the game that type of thing as for you listener whether you're listening to this during the day at night tonight even whenever you get around to it i hope you have a blessed day i hope you enjoy the hell out of what are whatever you're doing and just yeah have the best day have a blessed day and and take care
1: The Drinkworks Home Bar by Keurig is the perfect start to set any holiday vibe. The home bar makes over 30 cocktails, brews, ciders, and more, all at the push of a button. From cosmopolitans to old fashions, each pod contains real ingredients and premium spirits. Insert the pod and let the home bar do the work. Go to drinkworks.com to order your home bar and see all available drinks. Drinkworks. Press play. Keurig is a registered trademark of Keurig Green Mountain, Inc. used under license. Please enjoy responsibly.